Tournament Poker Edge, live. Hello, TP. This is Ween, here for the Tournament Poker Edge live podcast. Brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com. I am here with Hagbard Salim. Char- Charlie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? Oh, you know, oh for many at the World Series thus far. Oh for far. many? You've only played one, two tournaments? Three. Oh, you played three? Yeah, oh. just posted the 2500 eight game. Played the 1500 oh, on one k. Oh, you played the 1K. Yeah, but it feels like more than three. It feels like I've busted from, you know, like 15 events or so at this point. It just yeah. feels absolutely miserable. But back at it again after a day off tomorrow to play the 2500 six max, which I think you are also looking forward to. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait for that tournament. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, 7500 chips. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, depending on your table draw, it could be like the worst tournament ever or the best <laughs> tournament ever. Chicago Cards won a few years ago, busted four people from his table. Really? Uh, within like 15 minutes, and they actually just broke the table because they just didn't even know what to do with it. I want something like that to happen. <laughs> I hope it does. So you just came back from the PLO yeah, I played 1500. The 1500 PLO today. Obviously, it, no bueno. No, nothing. It was kind of one of those days where I just didn't really have a chance. Right. Like I, I made a couple of big hands and got no action, and then I bluffed in one spot the, where I got called, and then I just the blinds went up, and I had like 20 big blinds, and just got it in blind versus blind with Ace Jack 10 8 double suited. Against nine nine seven six and just lost. Nine nine seven six, solid call. Um, so yeah, so PLO didn't go too well for you, and you played the fifteen hundred on Saturday. Yeah, and that again, just I got I chipped up pretty nicely, right up until the first break, and then after the first break, I lost a decently sized pot. Um, button against small blind right ace queen um, against ace king oh. right just see bet and then turned it we both turned an ace and he led turn and river after the ace turned and I just called 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 on both streets and yeah. then I lost uh, blind versus blind ace eight to ace ten so I didn't make it to the second break in that yeah that's I'm telling you, like we were saying with Diego on the podcast before, we're recording this on a Monday, which I guess would make it the 13th, I believe. I don't know. Charlie checking his phone in the 14th. Of the podcast. Yeah, 13th. Yeah, it was the 13th. I guess it's now the 14th since we're into the wee hours of Tuesday morning. Um, so we're recording this now on a Monday night, and so far, between the two of us, we're 0 for 8. Yeah, I think I've played five events. <laughs> yeah, the live tournaments are just very frustrating. Online, we'd get, you know, 30 in a day. Yeah. Now we have eight between the two of us. Yeah. And it's over, what, you've been here two weeks now? Yeah, it's, and it's really, it can get difficult to put in volume, you know, because you have to 
you have to just constantly be playing to get in even a like some you know somewhat good volume live you have to be playing every single day yeah and if you the only other tournaments to really play that most tournaments the big ones start at the same time so you're really only stuck if you bust a tournament one day and you want to play something the same day you're basically stuck playing like a $200 yeah when you just busted a 1500 it's just unproportional but it is what it is anyway uh, any interesting hands that we can go over real quick that you've um, had yeah I didn't I haven't really I the last few tournaments have been everything just really uninteresting and standard um, but in the six max I played a couple relatively interesting hands what was the buy-in for that? Uh, 1500 six max last week. Last week. Um, the first hand, my first table was amazing. I was the youngest person at the table. And, and you're what, 50? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, 49, but Four, who's right. counting? I know, I know. Uh, no, I'm almost 30, so I think that's, you know, somewhat remarkable. A lot of the tables are really tough. Yeah, and a six max it really is hit or miss on, on on what it could be. I think I said that earlier, but I guess you had a good one. Yeah, so my table was great, and I was chipping up pretty well. And then two young guys, a sit-and-go player got moved on my left, and then this young guy who I'm pretty sure plays cash, he seemed like it, was moved on my right. And that's who I played the hand against was the young kid and this old guy. There was just an old guy in the big blind who was a... Um, less than remarkable player. He was just he was sort of your standard passive, like live bad player. He calls a lot and when he had big hands he would bet you know, bet them in check raises and stuff. Yeah, and, I know that. But time. mostly just call down with any pay, with any piece. It's funny when you see a young kid that does the same thing. Right. It's so confusing. <laughs> They're like check calling with their gut shots and Yeah. It's it's funny we stereotype and say if someone's wearing a hoodie and has headphones on, we assume they're an internet kid. But a lot of times, it's just a really bad live player <laughs> that you get stuck with, and you assume that they're good, and then they show you otherwise. Right. So, but anyway, old old gentleman who plays similarly to bad online, <laughs> bad young live kids. So he's in the big. Yeah, and uh, I have queens. Um, I'm on the cutoff. And the, the younger, like, cash game player opens, and I have flat queens. Um, I've been flatting him a decent amount in position, or calling him a decent amount in position. Um, so you're flatting him for deception, obviously, because you've been flatting him with weaker yeah, hands. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I didn't want to tip off the, the strength of my hand. Um, I had just, like, I had a couple of hands where I could have three bet earlier, but I decided to just play... Try to play more pots in position against them, just calling. Right. Just, just call a lot. Um, and uh, and then the big blind comes along, and the flop is 10-2-2 rainbow. And Seems like a really good flop. Yeah, it's hand. a good flop. Like, he's going to continue with a ton of hands that I still beat. Um, and he's probably going to be C-betting. This, despite it being three ways, he's probably going to C-bet this flop a ton. Which he does. He bets 650. Oh, so the blinds are at 75-150. I'm sorry. And me and the old guy, I think, have about 12K. Or me and the young kid have about 12K. Okay. Um, he bets 650. Uh, I call, and the big one calls. 
any thoughts on, on raising there? Um, I mean, I definitely thought about it, but uh, I just wouldn't really expect... I think that the big blind has a w really wide range, but not necessarily... I don't, and he's a station, but I'm not sure he's going to call a raise on the flop. Mm -hmm. um, with, like, I mean, I think he could have... He could be just peeling one with, like, queen-jack. Like, that's... Or ace-high. You know? Something that's in his range. But yeah. what about... I think in your spot, if you raise there, couldn't the cash game player possibly think that you're raising there as a bluff and you shouldn't really have a two in your range? And due to that, he could possibly come over the top of you late and then... And then... You basically set a trap by raising instead of just calling. But yeah. I guess you wanted to show the deception of your hand. Yeah, I think I, I see what you're talking about, and I could, um, I could see how that might be like an optimal play to to put in a small raise there because it is a pretty decent spot to buff. Because you know he's got to have a decently big hand to continue there. Yeah, um, or he could continue as a bluff. He could float you, and then, I mean, he could float you, and then you could check. Raise the turn and well, have position. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't. I guess if he flats you, he could check. He could be the one check raising turn, and then he could jam. Might be a decent spot to do that in proportion to what the pot would be once you continuation bet uh, turn. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I suppose my general strategy isn't to do to get into like really crazy spots like that too much in a really big soft live field. Yeah, you I guess I mean? he's, the, he's the one player at your table that's yeah could cause you problems, so you're probably trying to exercise some pot control and whatnot. Yeah, I don't want to push some like really thin edge against him in a huge pot. When you can push really large edges against the rest of the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And it's also not too scary of a board. You know, like I could see I could see maybe playing a little faster on some wetter flops. Right, where I'm where I'm protecting against two players drawing against my hand. Yeah, I guess I've totally discredited uh, old man McGee on this hand. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, there's the there's a chance that he has a big hand, but again, I'm not too worried about that. Honestly, yeah. at this point. Okay, so turn. So comes. the turns uh, six. Okay. I'm pretty sure completed the rainbow. The big blind checks, and now the uh, young kid bets fifteen hundred. Which uh, there was twelve hundred pre-flop, and then about seventeen hundred on the flop. So there's about three k. Yeah, and he bets fifteen hundred. But on the I would read that bet of 50, half pot as being a bit weak because I think if he had a stronger hand, he'd be betting more. Betting a bit more. What do you think about that? Is that possible? Um, do you read it as that? or? I think it's, you know, it's a pretty decent. One thing I think to consider now is that the big blind, um, his stack, he doesn't have that much. So I think, um, I don't know how deeply this guy's thinking. I mean, I. Uh, I'm assuming he's a cash game player just because of how he carries himself and how he's been talking, but I haven't played too long with him. I don't know if he's looking at the guy's stack and thinking and letting that affect his bet size. 
Yeah. I but wonder, the old guy had like 4,500. I wonder if him, if he is a cash game player, if he even takes into consideration stack sizes that often. Because a lot of times they're playing 100 bigs deep and stack sizes is not much of a consideration. It depends on what level of a cash game player he's right. on. But I remember Kenny Tran, sick call Kenny. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, it was the World Series that Joe Cato won, so I guess that was 2009, and Joe Cato 3-bet him for like a third of Kenny Tran's stack, and Kenny Tran's known as an amazing cash game player, mm-hmm. not to take anything away from him, but he just doesn't play that many tournaments, and he flatted out of position for a third of his stack and then check-folded the flop. It might have even been like half a stack. Like it was brutally bad. Wow. So it could be possible that this kid just isn't thinking about that. Yeah, just might not know. Well, I call. I mean, I ultimately I was I didn't I didn't think it was you know necessarily a, like a snap call, and I did I did think about it for a while. Um, just curious. I was a little curious if he continues with um, like Jacks and. And some of his tens, like I wonder if he bets Jack ten or Queen ten or King ten. Yeah, for value, I guess against. Because it's not as though it's a scary board. He doesn't really, you know, he's. It's going to be difficult for him to get three streets. Right, and he isn't sure if you really have a hand, and he could assume that he's getting value from uh, McGee over there. In the exactly, bay. that's what I ended up thinking is that he really should be continuing with like Jack-10 and Queen-10 just to try to get money from the fish. Right, and you should have missed that board. Such a large Yeah, and I, could, I could be floating and just giving up now that Oldie McGee called in the big blind. Yeah, did you tell him that you were best lay ever on full tilt before? I, I didn't tell him that. No. Oh, so that's important. Yeah. Okay. So that's, he doesn't have that information. Yeah. He doesn't know quite how sick I am. In bed. In bed, indeed. Okay, so... I call 1,500. Sounds about right. And the big line now shoves all in. And I immediately figured he has to have a two. I mean, I think I would eventually, I would I would call, my plan was probably, I, I remember thinking I probably will call here. <laughs> Side call? Yeah, because it was going to be, you know, like a little less than 3K more into a pretty big pot. Yeah, and it, he could be, he could be jamming a 10 there for exactly. value, like what he assumes is value because... You know, you're two uh, young kids. Yeah. And he could just... I mean, you don't look 30. Right, no, I don't look 30. So you look like a young internet kid. And I had been aggressive. I had been playing a lot of pots. Yeah, so he might not... He might be jamming there for value, assuming he has the best hand, and might get called by a worse. I think I would have eventually leaned that way, especially given the price. But I do... I mean, my first instant... I mean, my first thought when he shoved was he has, like, 5-2. (laughs) Okay. And the 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 hijack uh the young kid thought for a while and eventually called and so I folded. Yeah. It's tough because you still could be good, but you're kinda like praying that you're up against a ten and two jacks. Yeah, the few times where you're actually right, it's probably not that often, but you're gonna kick yourself if that actually happens. Yeah. I guess I lean towards a fold, but if you were to call there thinking that, like, um, you know, kind of praying and there's a lot in the pot, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I will say that the the kid didn't really uh, 
hide the fact that he had a decision to make. Um, so probably so it didn't. He didn't seem super confident about it. You know what I mean. So I didn't really think he would have aces um, or kings, but I didn't want to. I, I I don't think that's a spot where I can really call. Yeah, it's tough once he overcalls and you're still left behind the act. And, and he you could just be Hollywooding, too. Yeah, and you flatted him on two streets at this point. So. so he had the other two queens. And that was the end of it. Yeah. And so. the, the, oh, I didn't say the big blind had six sixes. Oh, he had sixes? Yeah. So no deuce. No deuce. No deuce. Just, no, <laughs> just a bone. But that's completely in his wheelhouse, and it makes perfect sense for how he played it. Yeah, I wonder. He if thought, he... "I have a pair on the flop," and uh, and then he turned to a boat. So, yeah, huh. interesting hand. I don't. Yeah, that six. That's rough. Him turning a six there. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what would happen if he three bet pre. Do you think old guy? The the kid said, "If I three bet pre, we would have just gotten it in." What do you think McGee would have done? I think he would have called my three bet and then folded to the four bet and the five bet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the end. But of the I game. think he probably would have called called my three my three bet. Right. Yeah. Just to try to see a flop. Yeah. He wants to see a flop with his sixes. Yeah, he's going to see a flop with his sixes. Yeah. Oh. But if it goes I three bet, he calls young kid four bets and I jam. Oh yeah, he's out of there. He might find a fold. He might. He still has a pair. Yeah, he does still have a pair. He probably have ace king. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have one other hand, and then you do you have a hand from today? Um. Yeah, I guess we should go over yours first, and then yeah. if we have time, we'll go over mine because I we'll think we'll have time. Okay, we'll have time. TPE on getting bonus coverage because Charlie Sazmore doesn't want us to go to bed at <laughs> one in the morning. I just don't want to have to be, you know, the only one doing the, doing the hands. So this one's quick too. This is a like six. you in bed. Yeah. Oh, not the best lay ever. Not then. the best lay ever. No. No. Um, this is six. This is from the six max too, and I've been moved tables now. I'm, but I'm still at a great table. I'm the second youngest person at this table, and I was the youngest when I got moved there, and then Clayton. 27 got moved on my left. So oh, he's, he's not involved in this hand. He's a pretty pretty good player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's real good. In fact, he busted me. I mean, what was the name of that movie where... Jack, was it Jack? Where uh, Robert... What the hell is his name? The comedian. He, like, becomes... He looks like a 50-year-old man, but he's actually a, like, 8-year-old boy. Big? Is it big? That's what Tom Hanks. Oh, I'm thinking of Rob Harry guy that was in Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams? Yeah. I forget what movie that was. I don't know. But I wonder if like a lot of people at your table actually have that where they're like seventy year old looking guys but they're actually twenty one year old like fresh teens. Might fresh be. from Europe and EPDs. I don't know. Could be. Anyway. Let's see the hand. Cause so to the hand? Yeah, because right, so TBU the, only cares about the hands. The villain in this hand is this uh, older guy, bald, maybe Indian. Okay. But not 
I don't know, difficult to judge, you know, his ethnicity, but he was very bad. And he just called a lot preflop and then sort of played fitter fold. But he would do some crazy, some crazy stuff. Uh, and one at hand in particular that really, I think, made this difficult decision for me was uh, there had been this spot where a short stack, no, no, there was a raise. I'm pretty sure it went like this. So there was a raise and a short stack shoved, and he ISO shoved 9-8 suited. ISO shoved, and there are stacks behind him that well, wake the, up with the, the Yeah, he didn't even have too many more chips than the short stack. So, like, the, the original Razor was going to have to call fairly often. It was just suicidal. Gotcha. Um, so, and then he made he made a flush or a straight, I think, and tripled up. With 9-8 suited? Yeah, with 9-8 suited. And he just, like, he just called a ton preflop almost... He was probably playing about 75, 80% of hands. So he's probably not the best player at the table. No, not at all. Okay. Um, I just didn't know, and we'll, we'll see the hand. So what happened in the hand was, it's at 150-300, and this um, older, very straightforward, pretty tight guy raised on my right, directly on my right. And I think in general, I, I have jacks, and in general I'd flat against this guy, but he had, I think just under 30 big blinds mm-hmm. and I thought it was safe to just three back get it in pre yeah that's tough I guess with him how how deep are you effectively I think how deep are you I mean um, I have I think like 11 11 just shy 40 big blinds 40 big blinds yeah that's tough I guess you can't really flat that uh, I think he had 25 ish Maybe a little over 25. Yeah, if that's like, I'd three back at it and then. It wasn't quite 30. Yeah, if he had 30, I might flat and just try to take the lower variance approach and evaluate flop textures and whatnot. Right. But with 25 bigs, just three back at it in. Have you been active at the table or not really? Um, I had been as much as I could. There was a guy, a guy with a huge stack on my left who was just playing a ton like uh, earlier in the tournament he I opened cutoff and he flatted the button with king five off and we ended up getting to showdown so he was clearly looking to you know play a lot of pots and you know, play just you know play a lot of pots in position uh, play just about in two cards in position and, and just use his chip stack aggressively to try to accumulate chips okay so that had slowed the point is that had slowed me down right. a little bit I got you. Okay, so what happens? So he opens and I three bet. So he makes it, I think, 625 or something, and I make it 1400. Okay. Just looking to get it in free. Right. I guess he, I guess making it, I might make it a little bit bigger. Larger. Yeah, just so that he doesn't flat. Just because I think. Just make him, make him shove or fold. Yeah, make him aware of the fact that you're three betting bigger so that he can't flat because I think a lot of times people just see like oh it's only right it's only this much more yeah it's only I'm getting three to one even though I'm out of position I can smash a flop and I'm getting three to one so I might make it a little bit bigger just in that it's situation I right. think generally your three bet's fine but yeah I think you have a good point yeah so anyway you make it 14 because the point was to try to I, I basically came to the decision that he wasn't going to get away with from tens or nines. Right. 
Okay. And so, maybe even eights, and ace, ace kings should certainly in life. So you make a bad sizing three bet, and what happens next? The older guy shoves 12k, which covers me. Old Indian man? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, older, silky haired gentleman in early position folds? Yeah, and it's on me. And it's on you. It's tough. I, I mean, if we saw him re-jam 8-9 suited, might be willing to gamble again, but now he has a lot more chips. Than he has me. a lot more chips. Yeah. It's tough. I don't really and know. And he even la- he laughed and, and mentioned the 9-8 suited hand. Oh. That would actually affect... Was it like a genuine laugh or an uncomfortable laugh? I don't know. I mean, he was goofy. Was he like looking at you and smiling? Did he look comfortable or? Uh, he wasn't staring at me or anything. But was he like looking away from just, you, like breathing heavily, or you didn't really look? No, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't like uncomfortable like that. So he was probably like, decently confident. If he was discussing eight nine suited during the hand, it's almost like a speech to induce. Yeah, it was. It was concerning. It wasn't. I didn't really uh, perceive it to be a speech because I still made I, I did fold but if he had made a big speech I, I would have just snap folded right yeah I don't know I think originally it was just strange yeah originally I would be like snap golly show, show date unsuited but I guess it really depends on table dynamic and how you're feeling about it to really it's, it's high variance I mean flips over king queen and you're flipping and yeah, because my table, uh, like I said, the guy, he was um, showing that he wanted to control the table, but he wasn't doing it by three-betting. Right. You know, I didn't have to play a ton of really huge three-bet pots or anything, three-bet, four-bet pots. It was mostly just a raise pre-flop and then you know, one to a few callers. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's neutral. I don't really know. I guess I'd probably err on the side of folding now. Whereas originally I was like, I'd break my wrist getting it in. Yeah. So, yeah, and you ended up folding, like you said. So, seems fine. You ended up winning that tournament, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I shipped it. My first bracelet. Your first bracelet. <laughs> oh, that was the end of that one. All right, let's get to my hand real quick, and then uh, we'll get going. This so is from the 2500A game? Yeah, it's from the 2500A game, but we're playing No Limit Hold'em. What? Yeah, it was really weird. The structures, in, the structures in those things are a little silly. What? I guess uh, the we were playing uh, twenty five fifty no limit at this point, but the structure when it got a little bit deeper, you were playing um, fifty one hundred no limit with a quarter ante, but blinds were. Um, the small blind and big blind in the limit games was 153, so the big bet was 600 when we were playing 50 with 100, no limit. So it was a little weird. Um, but anyway, that was later on. But this hand, we were playing 2550, no limit hold thems in the eight game. I have about 6k effective, and I open ace king under the gun. Um, maybe six, a little over 6k uh, with ace king offset under the gun. And guy in his 40s who knew who I was um, next to act 
makes it or seven handed next to act makes it I made it one twenty five. He makes it four hundred straight. Folds back to me. I guess there's like a plethora of options you could do here. I like to just call um I think I'd be calling my big hands there, um, for deception purposes, like yeah. even bigger than Ace King. And even though I'm forced to play kind of face up, I'm like kind of telling him my base gang. Um, I do have six or I do have sixty big blinds to start the hand or whatever. Yeah. So I could be set mining there, and there's certain textures I could represent. I think being out of position, check raise a decent amount of flops, um, turning my ace kings into bluff and bluffs and whatnot. If I assume that he could have a similar hand, what do you, it seems fine, right? Yeah, I think calling is totally fine. And it's probably the standard. Standard response, yeah. There are certain situations where you could be folding or certain situations where you could be four-betting. I guess it really depends on dynamic and whatnot. Right, you said he knew, he, he knew you. Yeah, he knew me. And uh, I remember you did say that you had a feeling that he might be just trying to set a precedent or like make a, a statement. Yeah, if I was to fold there, I think he could, in fact... Sure. Like he 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 has some live results to his name. He's not like your typical dolt. He seemed like a pretty capable player. I think he could be three betting there just to show air biscuits. I guess you know. I th- I just wonder how even like especially people with good live results. I wonder how often they're they're. Get, I wonder how if they're really getting those results by picking fights with other good players early in tournaments from, like, those positions. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to figure out. I think um, calling's fine, and, and like, he's, he'll probably play pretty straightforward against you as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I assume... I don't know, it is eight games, so I'm efficient eight game, so maybe, <laughs> maybe he's taking advantage of that. But, yeah, I think the normal response is to call there, but... But he'd, he wouldn't take advantage of it, though, a little bit. Yeah, no, he knows he knows who I am. He sat down and like hugged me. Um so flop is um flop is ace ace ten? Ace ace queen. Ace ace queen. Ace ace queen. Um I check, he continuation bets. And I just call here. Yeah, I just call here. Um, I don't think there's much else you can do on the flop. Yeah, I think I'd be calling with, like, jacks or tens here, thinking, like, floating one, or I'd be flatting with an ace and whatnot, and it could slow him down if he's got jacks or tens or whatever it is. Um, So I just... So I just flat. The turn is a ten. Um, I thought you said it was a jack. I think it was a 10. It was a 10. It's pretty irrelevant, okay. to be honest, right. <laughs> whether it was. Uh, it was a 10. Maybe it was a jack. It was a jack, and it goes check, jack. Right. Um, then the river is a 10, so I now have Broadway. There is 4, 4, 8... 875 he continuation bet for 
I think it was 500 on the glob. So there's 850, 1850 in the pot. And I value bet... Uh, 825, I believe. Which seems about right, I think. How much was in the pot? 1850. About 825. Um, and he jams on me. And I have 6K. I have about 5... More than 5K to start the hand. And he, there's 1800 in the... 2600 in the pot and he jams. Um, it's kind of a I guess it's not that gross of a spot because you can you have ace queen in your range I mean are you flatting ace queen pre yeah I think I'd be flatting ace queen pre a percentage of the time um, especially against him just because I think his range for, for three betting me pre while it's a bit polarized because he's, he's three betting next to act I think his range pre could be um a bit wider, just because it's me. Right. But the fact that he jams and you have you also have queens, like you can have queens full. Yeah, I think my I think my range includes boats a good percentage of the time. Um, the only thing I, the only thing I think that maybe looks weak about your hand is your bet size on the river. But even that, like if you if smash the board, yeah, you're going to be betting small. I also might bet size there to induce right uh, on the river. So. So it seems hard. It's hard when I could be having boats for him to be shoving less than a shoving boat. a king to get you off a chop. Yeah, I don't think there's another king in his range too often. So I um, ended up folding and then found out later on that he had ace-queen. He told you he had ace-queen. Yeah, he told me that he had ace-queen. Um, he had busted the tournament and then told me that he had ace-queen. So I assume so he's he not... less incentive to lie to you. Yeah, he, I don't... I, I mean, he could lie to me just to lie to me. He could have complete air biscuits, 3-9 offsuit or something like that. Yeah, but <laughs> but I, I don't think uh, he has a bluff too often. So um, he told me later on, right before he busted, uh, what he had. So right after he busted. So that was the one interesting hand I had in that. Other than that, it was just getting rolled to bases and losing over and over again. That's awesome. That's that's must be fun. Yeah, I think getting. I forget what rolled what the percentage of get, of getting rolled up, but it's something like four hundred to one or something like that. It might even be like seven hundred to one. I would do the math, but I'm far too lazy. But so getting like, them, what, getting them and then losing. Both. Yeah, getting them back to back hands and losing them both. Not really fun, but I mean, we're not tournament eight game edge, so. I guess it doesn't matter that I don't know the odds. Um, You're taking the day off tomorrow? Yeah, I'm gonna... I might play some cash around town, but I, there's just no tournament that I'd really want to play. There's a Venetian 1K. Yeah, I think I'm gonna play it. I just want to play the... the, uh... the 6 max. Right. I, just, um, I guess so. if I'm... if I'm mid day 2 with the 6 or the 1K, I won't mind missing the 6 max. Yeah, see, I, I think about the six max, like, I think about my fiancé at home all the time. I just think about it. I just want to crush it. I just want to crush it. Just crush it? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, female members of uh, watching, listening to the tournament. Why are you sorry? What are you talking? You're talking about playing a tournament. I also talked about crushing my, my fiancé. Oh. 
It could be like physically because I'm larger than her. Yeah. But. Or do you just like to compete with her? I mean, she's really competitive. She's also much better than me in most things. But anyway, let's not talk about that for right now. <laughs> um, How are things at home, John? Sad. Things are sad. I mean, anyway, TP, uh, this is Ween and Hagbard saying goodbye for Tournament Poker Edge Live for right now. And we will be, be back. Yeah. We will be back relatively soon uh, with more live coverage of us at the World Series. Hag? Bye. Good night. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.